Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning. Today is Wednesday, December 12th, 2018, and I am your host, Gene Wilhelm. You are listening to Red Sea Roundup, and I have in the studio here with me Dennis Maka and Thaddeus Romanski, and we're going to talk about Guadalupe, and later on in the program, we're going to be talking about St. Vincent de Paul, and speaking of which, I have to make a confession, guys. Uh, I received an email over the weekend that I failed to read, and the guest that was supposed to be here first will not be here because of a family emergency. So we're going to have to kind of fake it. uh, Till you make it? Till we make it, because uh, the guest was going to talk about St. Vincent de Paul in in the Bryan College Station area. And uh, one of my guests later today will be from the West area, uh, pre-recorded time together. And talking about St. Vincent de Paul at, uh, the, at the St. Mary's in West. And then finally, uh, somebody from Sacred Heart in Palestine. So I tried to cover all three listening areas. Thank you, Gene. That's very considerate of you. Howdy. Howdy. How are you? Happy Feast Day. Happy Feast Day. Yeah, happy Feast Days, Our Lady of Guadalupe. Guadalupe. And it's, yeah, some of you know a lot about it, some of you don't, and, De- and uh, Thaddeus and I were talking about it a little bit uh, before we went on the air. Uh, I did a little research about yes, Guadalupe, but uh, that uh, it's really an interesting thing. Uh, this happened in 1531, on, uh, and uh, the Tilma, uh, which I have had the blessing of seeing, and, and as we said, basically you're behind the main altar at the new basilica, and you're going on this conveyor belt, in Mexico City. In Mexico, well, right outside of Mexico City, a, a very harrowing taxi drive away from Mexico City. And uh, you've got about 20 seconds to really see the Tilma. Wow, that's about, about it, huh? About 15, 20 feet above you. Wow. So, but it's, it was, I'm glad I did it. Do any people walk backwards on the conveyor belt? Uh, I didn't see that, no. I mean, <laughs> they probably would have been trampled if they tried. Wow, a lot of crowds. A lot of crowds, a lot of people. Uh, but uh, Guadalupe is, is very interesting in that the virgin appeared to a peasant. Uh, and, and Juan Diego. Juan Diego, who was not among the upper crust because the upper crust at that time was Spanish. And the, uh, I will call them the native population, was pretty much looked upon as less than what anybody wanted. And yet Our Lady appeared to him, and he was a widower. And uh, the, I guess the first time was on the 9th of December, something like that. And she told him to go to the bishop and say, I want to build a, uh, a church here at this spot. On and Tepeyac he, Hill. On Tepeyac Hill. And uh, the bishop said, you got to be, basically, you got to be kidding. There's no way we're going to do this. I need a sign. So on the 12th, he was he came back by that way, going to Mass, and the lady stopped him again. And The funny thing is, Patrick Madrid was talking about this briefly on his show this morning, and he said that Juan Diego went on the other side of the hill <laughs> in hopes he, he wouldn't run into her again. Yeah, right. I, I remember that. And, right. and, and what the bishop asked for, and I, I heard this this morning in the homily that I heard, is that 
that the bishop asked for Castilian, ro- Castilian roses, and uh, which would be scarce there anyway. But at that time of year, yeah. in that climate, would you probably wouldn't find any. And and so Juan Diego uh, went again the second time when he was commanded to by the lady to the bishop, and the bishop, you know, basically said, "What are you doing back here again?" And uh, he opened his tillman, the roses fell out, and there was the image that's there. And uh, it, the the tilma was basically something that most tilmas in that day and age didn't last over twenty or thirty years, and this one's lasted for four hundred plus years. Yeah, all plant fibers. Amazing story. Amazing story. Amazing story. And and all of the the colors and the tech, uh, all of the things that give the color and the picture. Uh, in recent years, the last forty, fifty, sixty years or so. Uh, have uh, found that there's nothing they can they can't explain how the color got there. That's right. It's not painted on. No. And it's not dyed into the fabric. It's it's almost a part of the well, the fabric. They even said it's something like it's floating right above the level of microscopic right above the level of the okay. fabric. Okay. It's it's a you know and the thing, the other thing that uh, only when they've been able to get uh, microscopic looks at the tilma itself, mm-hmm. the, have looked into the eyes and have seen that in the eyes that they see people. Well, the two thi- there are two things there. They see people. The in reflections. The reflections, <laughs> of course, upside down. Mm-hmm. And, and from what I've read, uh, the people that have examined this, and, and you can you can search for this on the Internet yourself. Yeah. But it. As you go different angles, you see a slightly different thing. And in each eye, it's just enough offset that you can tell it's in somebody's eyes. And nobody would have had any way to paint that sure. at that time. And, uh, Nor do I. I don't know if they would have much of an ability to do that now without lasers and holograms. And, and, you know. and uh, there, CGI there's, graphics. there's several people in, in, the, in there, and one of them uh, looks remarkably like a portrait of the Bishop, Bishop of Mexico at that time. And then I was quite uh, taken aback in that uh, someone had said that the picture of the Our Lady of Guadalupe herself, that picture is much like a picture that's attributed to St. Luke of the Blessed Virgin in about 71 A.D. Hmm. So uh, there's so much that's there. And then, then the other thing that I had not heard i'd heard about the reflection in the eyes but in the very center of the pupil there if if you get down small enough you can see a picture of a family so wow but the thing that's interesting is that if you look at our lady of guadalupe she the whole the whole image is very much of what you see in revelation 12 1 through 3 mm-hmm. in that uh and i will read it from the new american bible Uh, A great sign appeared in the sky, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was with child and wailed aloud in pain as she labored to give birth. Then another sign appeared in the sky. It was a huge red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on its heads were seven diadems. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the dragon is always the devil, that ancient serpent. And so the other thing that I think is so amazing about the tilma is that 
uh, you've got her arrayed, you've got a Mary arrayed with the sun behind her. This was a tremendous sign to the, and you'll have to tell me again the, how to pronounce the name of the people, not Wattle. Wattle people, uh, the, the, the natives in that area. And, uh, uh, no, the, no, wattle. no wattle. No wattle. No wattle. Okay. So I won't try it again. I'll just no, say keep, the natives. Keep trying it. <laughs> I'll just keep say trying the, it. The, the natives are the indigenous people that they had their sun god. And yeah. what by having her in front of the sun, it meant that she had conquered the sun. And the sun god was the one to whom they sacrificed hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of people. And she was blocking it out. Blocking it out. The other thing that I, I hadn't realized until I was looking at this again is that the moon was – that she's stepping on the moon and on the serpent, and the moon was also one of their gods. But uh, the, uh, the thing that was so interesting was that she is stepping on the serpent, and Guadalupe, if you say it in their native language, meant one who steps on serpents. Well, there you go. So you've got another confirmation of of the scripture there, and uh, finally, a couple of other things is that the mantle itself. Uh, there are some folks that have gone back and looked at the position of the stars over that portion of Mexico on February, uh, December twelfth, fifteen thirty one, and the array on the mantle is the array where the s- stars were. Uh, Finally, the other th- well, a couple of things. The other thing is that I read, and I, somebody else can have have to verify this for me because I can't, I can just take this man's word for it, uh-huh. that if you look at the pink robe that she has on, and you overlay it with a map of the contours of that part of Mexico, you get a match. Oh, and finally, the other thing is that the 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 virgin. In the tilma is with child is with child, and you know that for two reasons. Number one is that the the belt is above the stomach, and the mm-hmm. other is that and I have never seen this flower, but apparently there's a flower there uh, on that robe, which was in the native culture a sign of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's all there. Yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful story, all intertwined. Many, many miracles that all line up with one another and something that only God only God can, can do. do. And you know, millions of people over the next several years turned to Catholic Christianity. And some uh, infamous visitors that have visited not too long ago said, "Oh, that's a beautiful painting. Who painted it?" <laughs> and the, the bishop replies, "Well, God did." <laughs> that infamous visitor who shall not be named, but <laughs> Was, I, I haven't heard the story. Yeah, I'll have I don't, to tell you. Okay, you can tell me later. She who shall not be named. But yeah, it was uh, interesting. <laughs> You've got some news about what's going on with Red Sea Radio. Oh, man, it's been it's been a great, great time of the year, a great end of the uh, busy year. We have uh, so many people that have been touched by Red Sea Catholic Radio and great stories that can come only from Red Sea Catholic Radio, such as what you've shared in, in, in a format such as positive, encouraging talk radio. And so, so many people have been touched by Red Sea Radio. God is constantly calling us to grow into areas that don't have Red Sea Catholic Radio or Catholic Radio of any sort at all. 
So to that end, we have to be good stewards of what we've been given. And one of the things we've been given is a station in Waco that a good majority of our listeners are listening to right now. At least half of our listeners, I would say, would be in the Waco area. We've had that station on the air for two years, and we still need to complete the purchase for that station. So to that end, we've had 10 generous families that have provided up to a $30,000 match. So... (laughs) Wow, it's that's humbling. A, that's a big match. It is. It's a humbling opportunity for us to go, wow, this means a lot to those folks. Let's see how much it means to everyone else that listens. And so if you're listening to us now, you have an opportunity to double your income, double your impact, that is, to Red Sea Catholic Radio. If you were to give a $100 gift, it instantly turns into 200 And I was just looking at the numbers. If we have 600 families that gave $50— that right there would be our match instantly. And I know we have more than 60 fa- 600 families listening. So uh, we've heard of so many people that have had their lives touched and changed. If you give a monthly donation, let's say $10 a month, that's we can use that $120 over the course of a year and match that to be 240 So if you can't give $100 right up front, if you could give $10 a month or even increase your current amount, to $10 more, we can count that. So any and all gifts are appreciated and wonderful and appreciate uh, just bl- a blessing to us. So if you only have $2 left in your pocket and you want to give that to a, a great charitable organization, uh, 501c3, such as we are, we would be humbled to, to accept that, to continue spreading God's Word through Catholic Radio. And we have an opportunity looming on the horizon if we can get things together with what right. we've got, correct? Dennis? There is. There's a station that's for sale, and it's a big one. I've, I've told about told about it before, uh, Tyler, Texas. If you know people in Tyler or in the East Texas area, this one's a huge station that we want to purchase. But you know what? We're not going to be able to even step in that direction until we start taking care of things that we've been given and, and be great stewards of what we've been given. So we to, to be a great steward, we need to pay off that station. So this would be a great leap forward in trying to do that. So um, log on to redcradio.org. That's red, the letter C, radio.org. Click on the donate button, and everything that you give here to the end of this matching opportunity should be through the end of the year and, uh, and into the new year will be doubled. And so one thing that we're trying to do is not interrupt our regular programming. We're going to come to people on the breaks and make these announcements as we go through the the opportunity. So if you want to get a jump on things, we've actually had $5,000 toward that match. So really, we only need $25,000 at this point to, to go for that match. So we're very excited about this opportunity. And, and very grateful. You're, you're not limiting this just to the uh, listeners in the Waco area to help no, support this. No, we're not. We're not, because God is not limited by time and by space. And so the generosity of the people in the Brazos Valley impacts the generosity and, and the, the listening uh, ability of the people in Central Texas. And likewise, that will impact the future areas of growth. And so if you believe in our one holy Catholic and apostolic church and how we can promote it through Red Sea Catholic Radio— Give now, uh, redcradio.org. We're, I know everybody's asking right now, folks, so just please be patient. So many entities are asking because so many entities are in need. But you know what? We've had, we have this opportunity, and we, we can't pass up on it. These families really believe in what we're doing, and we want to match it. Yeah, we're just putting this out here as an, another chance for you to uh, 
to help an organization, yes, a lot of a lot of entities are asking right now for your contributions, and we're just simply saying, putting our flag up and saying, hey, yeah, we could use your help too if you want to if you want to give to us and what we do and support what we do, and we think that um, we think that we do a good job of stewarding the resources that we're given. We think that we. Uh, we we really appreciate everything that has been we given do. to us in the past. We know how much uh, people sacrifice to support us. They're taking the money that they earn, uh, yeah. be, be, being at work and being away from their families every day, week to week, month to month, and contributing some of that to support us. So we very, very much appreciate those sacrifices that we people do. make. We do. And Red Sea is a mouthpiece for many of those entities. We we don't limit it to other. We, we want to support all entities that are Catholic, that are promoting the good news. And so by helping Red Sea, you really do help so many of those other entities as well. Go ahead. Jim. But it's also an opportunity to be a missionary and to give to the missions. As you've sure. talked about so many times in the past, Dennis, sure. the, not all of our listeners are Catholic. Right. Right. And we've got a lot of great conversion stories that are coming out of the, the woodworks and non-Catholics and uh, fallen away Catholics alike, those that are, need reversion and conversion. Um, so many people, uh, even if they don't have in mind to convert to the Catholic faith, they love the programming. They love that it's positive, that takes the news of the day and puts it in a positive, respectful light. And where people aren't slammed and called names and demonized honestly um the the, the atmosphere of so many into uh, so many groups uh radio stations tv stations the news um they're just so polarized and so catholic radio is a great way to bring many people of many beliefs all together and i've noticed on uh, red sea radio from various people that that have programs you can get a variety of perspectives on catholic uh, doctrine yes. and beliefs, so that it's not all far left, not all far right. It's just Catholic. It's Catholic, and, <laughs> and you get. And a lot of times, I've heard where right. people explain something that either I didn't understand or had a different perspective sure. on things, and it was very understandable, and I could understand where they were coming from, and they were still Catholic, and I was still yeah. Catholic. Yeah, and time and time again, we hear of so many people that are. Um, that have been lifelong Catholics that that we hear just this weekend at a recent Paris festival. I'm 70 years old and I've been going to Catholic uh, church, the Catholic church and Catholic religion education. And I've been studying all my life, but in this last year I've learned so much more that I never knew than I, than I ever knew before because they listen to Catholic radio. If so you're listening right now, Linda Dominguez, <laughs> Shout out. So, so, good morning. Yeah, yeah. We Thank heard you about for that. that for that plug and that shot in the arm. Sure. Yeah. So many people have have been touched. So we're honored by that, and we're honored to be at the helm of this apostolate. So if you also love this uh, station and what we do, and want to double your donation, now's the time to do it. RedSeaRadio.org. Click on that donate button and give as you can, as God calls. And I wanted to just say that uh, we've been on some, over the last couple months, we've done some live broadcasts from some um, parish festivals and parish yes. events, and how much we have enjoyed doing that. Thoroughly. Um, it's great, great, great to get out and meet the people who listen and hear um, what they think of what we're doing. Um, I appreciate that so much. All of you all who have come up and said hello to us at the various parish festivals and events. 
Mm -hmm. uh, thank you very much. That made 2018 really enjoyable for me. And if you'd like us to come to some parish event sometime to broadcast from your event, email us, the, email us or call call us, and we will get you on the schedule and come out and, and be there. Uh, we, we love that. We love getting out um, in the community. Gladly. And Catholics can cook. <laughs> oh, really? And that's the reason, some of the reason why my shirts are shrinking. <laughs> we were talking about that before the show, you know, so great food, great festivals, great fun, and great faith. So uh, we're part of it. We're here to promote it all. If you can give to Red Sea Catholic Radio, God bless you, because we want to double that 30000 And I'm going to say something Thanks, here Jim. for uh, those of you who are listening today, since uh, I don't have a guest for our Brazos Valley uh, St. Vincent de Paul. If you are a listener who has a St. Vincent de Paul story that you would like to share with us, if you would call us yeah. at 85-LOVE-RED-SEA, 855-683-7332. That's 855-683-7332, 85-LOVE-RED-SEA. And uh, so why don't we take a little break? And we'll come back, and I may talk a little bit about the readings for Sunday, and then we'll go into the business to talking about St. Vincent de Paul. Okay, Gene. We'll see you on the other side, everybody. Hello, welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Gene Wilhelm, and I just put down my lasso. I had to do that when that move music played. I just, you know, I just want to play with that rope the whole time when I hear that music. And I still got Thaddeus Romanski here, and he's just shaking his head. Yeah, that's Kyle Sincouli. He's one of our Waco listeners. I, mean, I, I, I love it. Get that, get that rope out. Get that rodeo going. And we've got our plaid shirts on today, too. You yeah, know? we sure do. We got on our cowboy shirts today. I got my lumberjack shirt on, and you've got your cowboy shirt on with yep. your pearl buttons. With the pearl buttons. Is there a famous song called Pearl? Pearl? I, I have no oh, idea. I'm thinking I, of ZZ Top Pearl, pearl Necklace, I think. I don't know. I I have to confess, I do not know C&W music at all. You don't? Okay. No. Now, you were saying over the break that you wanted to make one more comment on Our Lady of Guadalupe before we got started. Yeah, if you don't mind, I wanted to um, just tell our lis listeners that my favorite book on the topic is published by Ignatius Press. It's still available on Ignatius right now for $15, and you can also get it on Amazon Prime for about $18, paperback new. And it's called Maria of Guadalupe, Shaper of History, Shaper of Hearts. And it's by a journalist, a uh, German journalist named Paul Bada, B-A-D-D-E, Maria of Guadalupe. And he starts out by um, talking about his reversion to his childhood Catholic faith uh, and how he became interested in Our Lady of Guadalupe when he was a secular, a, a non-practicing journalist in the secular arena. He got to, started to learn about her and he started to delve more deeply into the, you know, material and kind of scientific uh, historical facts that you were laying out there and, and 
it was a very much a source of reversion for him. And, th- yes. and then he went on to write this book and it goes and he, he starts out the book then with um, going into the very first written account of the apparition. Um, Which was then, several years after it happened. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, but still um, definitely written close to the event mm-hmm. compared to where we sit. Probably closer to the event than the scenes in the gospel were. Yeah, written. yeah, f- for sure, for sure. Um, and then just takes you on this journey uh, across a, a couple continents and with a number of uh, in- individuals and, and goes into even more detail on some of these topics that, that Gene talked about. It's well-written, it's engaging, he's swapping back and forth between how this is affecting him in his own spiritual life and laying out, making the case for the the miraculous nature of the of the tilma, and it, it's, it's very good. It's good, and and one of the things that we Catholics don't do a very good job of, and and Our Lady of Guadalupe is one where we can do a much better job than with some of the other apparitions and miracles, because the the scientific evidence is there that it's miraculous. Yeah, and I love what you said off the air before we. Um, started the show, you made the point about the, the the character of the eyes and some, and some other aspects of it. You said it's almost, it's as if they were there for a later age to discover because many centuries, those aspects of it were, were hidden because human beings didn't have the scientific know-how to uncover them. I mean, we've, we've been so, uh, well, so many people were so curious about the third secret of Fatima, and that there's a secret of Guadalupe that was only revealed recently as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you have some time today, um, make intercession to Our Lady of Guadalupe, um, dedicate your rosary to her today, and um, do some reading on, on the topic, and you, you'll, be, you'll be astounded, and it will definitely st- stiffen your faith. And I would say, particularly if you're not uh, very keen on Mary, it would be a good thing to read. Yeah, very good entrepot into to Mary, that's right. And so would, let's go now to talking about St. Vincent de Paul. Okay, let's do. Pardon, pardon me, there, I've got that frog come back again th- th- this week. So this is St. Saint Vincent de Paul? That's no, St. Vincent de Paul, is, that's the name of the society. Oh, there okay. was a St. Vincent de Paul, but the society itself was... Founded by Blessed Frederic Ozanam in 1833, April 23rd, 1833. One day off of uh, a very special person's birthday. Anyway, so he he was a student at uh, the Sorbonne in -hmm. France, Mm -hmm. in Paris, Mm -hmm. and he became interested in working with people who were poor. Mm -hmm. It's on the uh, history of the... uh, St. Vincent de Paul, USA, they note that uh, one, a student challenged him and other practicing Catholics by saying that, yes, the Catholic Church has done much good work in the past, but what do you do now? And he felt like he didn't have a good response at that time, and so he gathered some other students around him. They founded this society and dedicated it to the uh, patronage of St. Vincent de Paul. And it's, it, it's, and by the time he had died, some 20 years later, there were over 2,000 
members of the Society of St. Vincent de Paul, and there are chapters all over. One of the things, the chapters in most places are uh, associated with a parish. In the Brazos Valley here, the, the local parishes in the Bryan College Station area all are part of one chapter. And uh, those of you in this area, and I'm going to ask you again, if, if you've got a St. Vincent de Paul story you want to tell, either as a volunteer or as a recipient or just know somebody that was helped by St. Vincent de Paul, please call us at 855-683-7332, 85-LOVE-RED-C, 855-683-7332. <laughs> Uh, those of you who uh, either are aware of the Brian Eagle, the local newspaper, uh, on November 25th, there was an article about the local St. Vincent de Paul Society. And it must what, have been squeezing the back page off, no, off it all wasn't. the coverage with the football game, right? No, it wasn't. As a matter of fact, it was on the very top of the front page of the paper above any of the coverage of the football game, God the bless seven double, the seven overtime football game, and it's it talks a little bit about a lot of some of the things that are going on. It talked mostly about what happened at Thanksgiving. That at Thanksgiving they delivered groceries and gift cards to two hundred low or no income local families, and that for Christmas, uh, those of you in this area have seen the Christmas trees in the back of the churches. They wanted to collect a thousand gifts for all of the folks that are there. Uh, and uh, those those gifts uh, that that was supposed to be closed at December tenth, but on December fifteenth, those gifts will be delivered. And I'm sure that that uh, there's still an opportunity to do that. Uh, if those of you who are at St. Thomas Aquinas here in, in the Bryan in College Station uh, had in your bulletin this last week an insert saying thank you for your support in joining St. Vincent de Paul to pro- in providing gifts to provide and provide. Well, I, that's easy for you to say, to brighten the v- homes of val- families in the Brazos Valley. You can donate, and they need money to provide gift baskets and things as well. And so with that, do we need to go to the next interview? I think let's let's go ahead and do Julie Jensen. You want to set that up? Okay, that'd be great. Julie Jensen is with uh, St. Mary's in West, and then after that we'll hear from Peter Garza from Sacred Heart in Palestine. And now I have as my guest Julie Jensen, who is the vice president of the St. Vincent de Paul Society at St. Mary's the, uh, the I'll get it St. Mary's the Assumption Church, and I know I got it wrong, Julie. No, that was fine. Okay, and uh, Julie, uh, we're we're talking about St. Vincent de Paul in general, in particular, how people can aid St. Vincent de Paul in making a better Christmas for families in your area. Tell us a little bit about St. Vincent de Paul there in West. Okay. Um, Many people in West had their first experience with the love of uh, St. Vincent de Paul during the recovery period following the West fertilizer plant explosion in April of 2013. And St. Vincent de Paul provided a house in a box for many families, giving them furniture, linens, household supplies to survive until decisions were made to rebuild their homes. When the national group was here to serve the community that first year, they began talking with the very Reverend Father Ed Karasik about starting a local conference. And one year later, 2014, the West Church of the Assumption Conference was established, and I was one of the uh, charter members. 
the conference serves our neighbors within our church boundary lines, regardless of religion and church affiliation. And a call will come into our helpline, which is our cell phone, at 254-297-9190 on Tuesdays and Thursdays between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. And we schedule home visits to go to the home of the family in need. We bring Christ's love and compassion into their home and it is the home visit that the spirituality of the society begins to to thrive. The team prays before a visit, asking the Holy Spirit to guide us. We pray during the home visit if the neighbor is receptive to praying. And after we leave, we continue to pray for the neighbor and resolution of their issues. Our society assists with life's basic necessities of living, food, rent, utilities, prescriptions, possibly car repairs if they need it for work. We make every effort to help families find long-term solutions to their budget needs and to alleviate any suffering or deprivation and promote human dignity and personal integrity. There are only 12 of us serving the community, and we could really use some existing parishioners at St. Mary's Church of the Assumption to join our ministry. Uh, Julie, we, Julie, how would somebody uh, join your ministry? What, what's the process for doing that? And I, or if someone's well, initially, interested, you know, just come to our meetings. And those our meetings meeting? are held the first and third Thursdays of the month at St. Mary's Catholic School Library at 6.15 p.m., and there we discuss spirituality, friendship, poverty awareness, and all that is followed by a brief business meeting. We are called to journey together towards holiness because true holiness is the perfect union with Christ and the perfection of love, which is central to our vocation. Yes. So we, um, uh, we assist our neighbors and during the holiday season is when we uh, un- embark on our Christmas project. And I'm and sure there are, are a lot of op- there are a lot of more opportunities uh, to help people at the Christmas time than normally during the year, aren't there? Because there are a lot of yes. extra needs. Yes. And the community of West has been extremely supportive. Uh, they continue to pay it forward for all the generosity that the. Si- city got back in 2013. And so we uh, invited our parishioners to help us provide a complete Christmas meal for 40 of our neighbors that we have assisted in the past year. And we had blue bags and a list of exactly what was needed to make a wonderful Christmas meal with all the trimmings. And our conference will add a spiral cut ham to the bag That includes Christmas paper plates, napkins, a Christmas greeting, and a prayer. And we had so much interest in this that other parishioners took our blue plastic bags home and bought back toiletries for our neighbors like shampoo, bath soap, laundry soap, toilet paper, toothpaste, and other non-food items. And and you said the people that will receive them aren't aren't necessarily members of uh, the Catholic Church there in West. 
That that is correct. Uh, we like I said, we we consider all those uh, in within our church boundary lines as our neighbors, and we assist them regardless of their religion or church affiliation. And so, uh, if you're buying these spiral hams, there's definitely a monetary commitment there. Uh, that the St. Vincent de Paul Society is is making, and I'm sure that you could always use a few extra dollars to help satisfy those needs. Right, and you know we we take what is called a black bag collection at church on the first Sundays, and this is this money that's collected is what is used to assist our neighbors with utilities, rent, groceries. Uh, this is what we'll be using to purchase those spiral-cut hams. Uh, we have operational administrative expenses. We are very fortunate that Catholic Daughters Court Sacred Heart uh, number 829 assists us every quarter with a donation of $150 to help us pay our phone bills, uh, purchase paper, booklets for training for our Vincentians. So we're very fortunate in that in that respect. If somebody is listening that, that uh, maybe isn't a member of uh, St. Mary's there in West, uh, but they want to participate because they see that you're doing a lot of good, how would they go about doing that? They would come to our meetings. We'd like, we would invite them to come to our meetings, and they can become what we call associate members of our conference and, um, versus what they call true active members. And uh, we would welcome them to come to our meetings and join us in this ministry. Well, let's say that we've got somebody, let's say, in uh, Abilene, Texas, that happens to be listening right now. Uh, just And just they hear what the good work is that you're doing. Is there a way that they could uh, donate to your your chapter, St. Vincent de Paul, without coming to one of your meetings? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. They could they could donate. Um to our conference, or they may want to uh, donate also to their local conference if there's a conference that exists in their local okay. area as well. Okay, so and, and they would just, if they were going to want to donate to your conference, they just put a check in the mail addressed to the church there in West with attention, uh, St. Vincent de Paul. St. Vincent de Paul, uh huh. And do you, do you have much of that going on, or is it mostly local people that are, ha- are taking care of all of this? Oh, it's definitely all, all local people. It's it's really our parishioners of our church, of St. Mary's Church of the Assumption, that uh, make those donations through the black bag collections that first Sunday of every month. Mm-hmm. And so wh- what else is going on with besides the Christmas uh, appeal that you're doing right now and getting ready to help people with Christmas? I'm sure you had a very bu- you will have had a very busy Thanksgiving, and I have to say will have had because we are recording this before Thanksgiving. Right, right. Uh, we're fortunate in our community that we have our CCE students that have um, Thanksgiving projects where they're giving, uh, uh, they have given Thanksgiving baskets to uh, the needy in the community. Um, our community is extremely generous and have been helping for a number of years with St. Vincent de Paul and the establishment. We are now, the word is getting out in the community and we are the ones that are called on uh, to assist people with their needs, uh, utilities, rent, uh, whatever their crisis uh, may be at the, at, the, at the time. Well, I'm sure that uh, 
everybody that is listening is either has in their own past or knows somebody who in the past uh, has lost a job or has had an unexpected medical expense or uh, a fire or whatever in the family that just created uh, expenses that they just weren't uh, able to uh, take care of themselves. That's correct. And that's, and that's why what, what I mentioned earlier about promoting human dignity and personal integrity, a lot, for a lot of people, this is very difficult for them to reach out and ask for help. And this is why we go there with love in our heart and compassion, because some of us can relate to the experiences that they're going through right now. And we especially, um, it tugs at our heart when we're dealing with families who have, you know, a couple of kids and they want to make sure that they're warm at night and, and are fed. Okay, uh, we've got about two minutes left. Have you got a, could you give us just about one minute of what a typical family would be that you're working with? Well, most of our families, um, we have one individual that is disabled. Um, for example, I saw a, a family today where the husband had had an accident and unfortunately sustained a severe head injury, and so now he's disabled. And so then the wife is the sole breadwinner, and she's got three kids in high school. And so, you know, we help them in crisis, and, and they asked for help a year ago and have managed to pull through this year, but unfortunately she had some issues with trying to get her gas and water bill paid for, and and we're going to meet tonight, and we're going to vote on this particular request, and by tomorrow I'll be able to let her know that we'll be able to um, foot the bill for her uh, gas and water. It's, so it's all sorts of things just unexpected, and it's not just willy-nilly. Yeah. The decisions are made as to whether it's a good thing to do or not. Right, right. Well, Julie, and we have a threshold dollar amount, and so once we reach that threshold, then the Vincentians get together during meetings, and we discuss cases and, and, and vote on whether to go ahead and assist the family. Julie, I thank you so much for being with us. Uh, we're just about out of time. Uh, I appreciate what you've done uh, and what you're doing, and hope that you have a very wonderful set of holidays. And, uh, again, that phone number, if somebody wants to uh, call uh, to get information or to find out how to donate. Yes, that is 254-297-9190. Okay, thank you, Julie. Okay, thank you. Okay. Now I have us the pleasure of having Peter Garza, who is the head of the St. Vincent de Paul Society chapter at Sacred Heart Parish in Palestine, Texas. Good morning, Peter. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you. Good morning to you and your and yours. And uh, we talked oh two three weeks ago, and you told me that you have a very busy chapter there at Sacred Heart in Palestine. That uh, you're yes, supplying a lot of needs. Yes, we, we supply a lot of needs. Uh, we have a store and a pantry here at St. Vincent de Paul. We uh, service, uh, we have about 20 to 25 volunteers every week. We're open from Wednesday through Thursday of each week from 9 to 12. During that, uh, during that period, we uh, service about uh, 125 families per week. 
Wow, that's a lot of people. So, yes, uh-huh. so that's about 400 and something families per month that we service here. That is, uh, that's a lot more than some, some chapters do, I'm sure. There must be, yes, we, you, there must be a lot of people who are well below the poverty line in the Palestine area. Yes. Uh, however, thank goodness it's starting to improve a little bit. We used to have even more than that before. We don't have, we're, we're about that, well, our capacity was higher than that, but now we're only about uh, three-fourths, so it's, it's, it's reducing somewhat because of the employment opportunities in the area and things like that, but uh, we still serve a large number of families. I think we serve approximately 500 families total. Okay, and and, be, and beyond your uh, your store and your food pantry, uh, how else do you help people in the Palestine area? Well, a couple of the things that we do is uh, one: we in Thanksgiving, we give out a hundred Thanksgiving baskets to a hundred families. Yeah. Uh, we put together a turkey and uh, different canned goods and stuff like that, and. Uh, we give them to 100 families during Thanksgiving. Also, during Christmas, we do the same thing, except we, uh, if we don't use a turkey, we'll use a ham, and we'll give a uh, 100 boxes of food to uh, 100 different families. From what you did at Thanksgiving. Uh, that's correct. Uh-huh. That way we get to serve a, a, a different family, you know, for each holiday. And so uh, those are the couple of the things that, that we do. Now, uh, a lot of times individuals will come in in need of clothing or something. They don't have any money, so we go ahead and allow them to get clothing for free. So, uh, and, of course, our, our store here, we, we people donate clothes, uh, shoes, dishes, just about everything. And what we do, we turn around and put them in the store and sell them. And we used almost not almost a hundred percent of the funds that we receive toward buying food from East Texas Food Bank and giving back to the community. We don't have any paid employees or anything like that. Do we? Ha- do you have any other sources of income for your chapter other yes. than their store? Uh, yes, we uh, receive uh, donations from parishioners at the church, and. Uh, we have several public organizations and foundations that uh, give us uh, funds, some of them on a monthly basis, to support us. Well, I'm, Stores like Walmart and some others that you know, uh, provide us with, with uh, funds okay. on once, twice, three times a year. Do you also have uh, a time when you help families that are in some kind of an economic crisis that their utilities are going to be cut off or something of that nature? Or do you do that? We used to have that program, but we do not have that program anymore because we're not able to get those type of funds anymore. Okay. So what you, I what I think I hear you saying, Peter, is that uh, you always have more need than you have funds to provide for the needs. That is true. That is true. We always have a lot of need. A lot of people sometimes are homeless that come in that need just clothing on their backs or they need some shoes or they have uh, children that uh, need school clothes or something, and if they're not able to afford, uh, say, the, the small amount that we charge for them, then we just go ahead and give it to them for free. 
If somebody who's listening to this program right now would want to contribute to your chapter of St. Vincent de Paul, would they just send it mm-hmm. to the church with a notation on the check or when they t- when, uh, or in the envelope yes, that it's for St. Vincent de Paul? Yes, they could just go ahead and uh, send a uh, check with a note uh, for St. Vincent de Paul, uh, just a donation, and uh, we'd be happy to—the uh, church will forward it on to us. Okay. Uh, they could, or they could send it directly to St. Vincent de Paul. Of course, we're attached to the church. It's our address is five hundred three Queen Street in Palestine. And what is the zip code there, Peter? Seven five eight zero one. Seven five eight zero one. And if if our listeners forget all that, they can certainly Google Sacred Heart Church in Palestine, Texas, and and get all that information on the website. Correct? That's correct. Yes, yeah, we are on the website there with them. Okay. And they can get all the information they need with them. 25 volunteers is a lot of people to be helping. Uh, it, yeah, they, they come in at different times, uh, different days that we're open. You know, sometimes we have 15, sometimes we have 20, sometimes we don't have enough, you know, because <laughs> yes. everybody is uh, just on a volunteer basis. Sometimes they can come and sometimes they can't, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, we appreciate them when they do come. It, Peter. Uh, most. Okay, go ahead. Excuse go ahead. me. Go ahead. Most of the volunteers are retired individuals like I am, and uh, they just enjoy helping out. And with with that many volunteers, it's not an extreme burden on any one person who's helping out except you, right? Well, except us. We have to, uh, of course, we buy our food from East Texas Food Bank, and we have to catalog everything that we do. Uh, we have to send reports to them and things like that. Oh, so it's, uh, it's just not a matter of, of handing out the food and, and all that. There's a lot of administrative stuff no, that has to go on in the background. There's a lot of accounting involved, yes. Yes, there's a lot of accounting involved. Uh, we order food uh, twice a month from East Texas Food Bank. Uh, ironically, we order – our budget is about 80000 a year. That's cool. Substantial for a community yeah. the size we, of Palestine. Yes, we buy about uh, all on the average of about six thousand dollars worth of food every month from so, East Texas Food Bank. Now, if somebody wanted to, uh, is also uh, somebody who's in your listening area uh, who says this is something I might really want to get involved in. Uh, mm-hmm. How would they go about doing that? And would they have to be Catholic to be a part of the Saint Vincent de Paul Society there in no. Palestine? Tell me what the process no, they would is. No, not have to be Catholic. Uh, anyone can, can volunteer to help us. Uh, we have a telephone number here. It's uh, 903-729-5093. Would you repeat that, Peter? Yes, 903-729-5093. And somebody's there to answer that uh or they can leave a voicemail and somebody will... They can always leave a voicemail if if okay. uh, they're not able to get a hold of us, or they could call the uh, Sacred Heart. Okay. What or it, go to the website and get their number. Yeah, okay. So uh, you've got a lot of people that are very generous in Palestine that are helping you, and I'm sure that you have some people who donate who are not necessarily Catholic. I'm not talking about your uh, people like Walmart and your your what I'll call your commercial... Uh, supporters, but there must be a lot of people in Palestine that see the good that we you're have, doing and and want to be a part of it. 
Yes, we have other churches that donate to, to uh, St. Vincent de Paul also. Churches and uh, just different uh, organizations. So the, the, uh, it's yeah, a really yeah. an ecumenical type of thing that St. Vincent de Paul is is, uh, is providing for people, but you you have the cooperation with a lot of churches there in the Palestine area. Yes, we do, and we really, really, really appreciate all the help they've given us. You know, not only from funds, but from uh, other items, canned goods. The school sometimes will donate uh, some canned goods that they have left over from uh, Thanksgiving or, or Christmas or something like that. And they'll come over and donate some uh, canned goods and things like that. Now, Peter, because of your schedule, we're, we're pre-recording this uh, uh, about a week before the, the program will air. So at this point in time, what type of needs do you have to help with your families for Christmas in particular? Uh, is, is it monetary, uh, providing gifts? Do you probably need volunteers to help distribute the food? Where is your greatest need right now to get people ready for Christmas? I would guess our, our greatest needs is uh, canned goods. You okay. know, uh, we're not always able to buy or obtain canned goods that sometimes are not available and things like that. So I would say uh, canned goods would be one of our top priorities. And in addition to canned goods, I'm guessing that you it also things like uh, uh, instant mashed potatoes, rice, beans, uh, anything that's non-perishable. Like that, yes, so, that's correct. And, and would they would they bring those to the church then if they were going to, to yeah. volu- donate those? And uh, yes, they can bring them to the church. Okay, and and the church off whenever the church office is off open, they could bring them there. Yes, or a lot of times people will go ahead and leave a box outside our Saint Vincent de Paul doors. Okay, and, and that is and that, what's that address again for your St. Vincent de Paul doors? 503, 503 North Queen Street. Now, is that adjacent to the church itself? Yes. Okay. Yes. So. Yes, our building is almost practically attached to the church. So. Well, that's that's right gr- adjacent to it. That's great. Uh, so the church gives you a lot of support. I know it's it's a. A part of a ministry of the church, but it sounds as though uh, the pastor and the people of Sacred Heart give a lot of support to this ministry to the poor. Yes, they have. They have given us a lot of support, uh, help us in any way that they can, and uh, even you know when we need volunteers, they will ask from the pulpit to help volunteer here at Saint Vincent de Paul. Our our goal is to serve and help individuals who feel like they need the need for help, either okay. for food or clothing. Peter, we're about out of time. One more time. I thank you so much for being with me today. Uh, one more You're time, welcome. give that phone number and address in Palestine for folks. It that- is, uh, okay. The phone number is 903-729-5093. They can also call me if they need to at 903-724-2174. And our physical address is 503 North Queen Street, Palestine, Texas. And the zip code is 77... 
75801. 75801. Peter, thank you so much, and I hope you have a great Christmas, and I hope that somebody listens to this, wants to be very generous with you to help support the people in your area that need that support. We appreciate the support at all times. Thank you so very much. Thank you for letting me be on your program. And remember, folks, when choosing between the values of heaven and the values of earth, always round up. No more outside. Since you woke me.